This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig further into St. Luke's Gospel with Of Camels and Needles Eyes, Third Prophecy of the Passion, The Blind Beggar, Zacchaeus, and Parable of the Minas, Part 1. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
A reading from Matthew, chapter 18. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant! I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. He was delivered out of death, he was We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered out of death, he was Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not.
The Small Catechism, page 324. What is the fourth petition? What does this mean? What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, What is the fifth petition? And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven will not look at our sins or deny our prayers because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them, but we ask What is the sixth petition? And lead us not into temptation. What does this mean? God tempts no one. We pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us into any sin, despair, or other great shame from us. Although we are attacked by these things, we pray that. What is the seventh petition? But deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in this petition in summary that our Father in heaven would rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation, and finally, when our last hour comes, give us the blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to himself. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what does your daily routine look like? Maybe like that, getting up, getting the children up, getting everybody ready, eating breakfast, getting the children to school, work, eat lunch, work more, get the children 
pick the children up, drive home, dinner, maybe more work, maybe some personal time, get the children to bed, sleep, repeat. Of course, then suddenly you are at the end of the school year, at the end of your time at the seminary, and for many of you, there will be a new beginning if it's vicarage, internship, the first call, the first assignment, your routine will be in upheaval, but you will settle into a new routine, more or less, sometimes a little bit more chaotic, less structured. But there will be a daily routine. Things change, but yeah, some things stay the same. In the fourth, fifth, and sixth petition, we see something of the daily routine of the Christian. The word daily appears several times. There's first daily bread. Whatever we do, daily eating is a part of it. The Christian eats like everybody else, but Christians look at their food in a different way. They don't simply look at the food and say, it's not the, it's the, that's the stuff I bought, or maybe you grew it yourself, so when you look at the table, you can congratulate yourself. There is the fruit of my work. Am I not a good provider? Well, this is the fruit of your work, or the fruit of the co-op. <laughs> but it is also God, because behind your work, behind the co-op, the goodness of the people that bring the food to the co-op, there we see the hand of God. We see his goodness and his benevolence. That's the simple reason why we say grace before eating. We receive God's gift in this food. And at the latest since the pandemic, we also know that, well, with that food that's connected with a whole lot of other stuff. Suddenly, we all learned the word, if you didn't know before, of supply chains and the lack thereof. And suddenly we realize, yeah, there is everything connected with that, that this food comes to us. A lot of things have to happen. And you might also think of the wars, especially the war in the Ukraine going on right now. War destroys the basic necessities for people. And it's not just in the Ukraine where you see people stumbling through ruins trying to find something to eat, that you realize how important peace is for our daily bread. It's not only the Ukraine, it is Africa, where suddenly the, the grain from the Ukraine does no longer get there. So all of that is included in it. Part of our daily routine is not only to say grace and thank God for this food on the table, but to thank him for all those things. He provides us with family, work, government, peace, and so forth. Next part of your daily life is that you daily sin. As Luther puts it, you daily sin much and surely deserves nothing but punishment. You sin much and deserve nothing but punishment. That sounds pretty harsh. But we are not here talking about members of a drug cartel. We are not talking about false preachers. We are not talking about 
atheists. We're talking about nice people like you and me. For sin is much more than what we think of sometimes as gross immorality or those who openly deny the faith. And that we see that sin is more than that, that is one of the reasons why we meditate on the Ten Commandments. So that we truly recognize who we are and that this petition is not something we ever grow out of. So that we do not fall prey to that special sin of Christians, namely pharisaical self-righteousness. So forgive us our sin is part of our daily routine because sin is part of our daily life. To ask for forgiveness and to receive forgiveness is central to the daily life of the Christian. Now there's this addition to this petition. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So Christ binds together that we receive forgiveness and that we grant forgiveness. And we heard that in our reading, the parable of the unforgiving servant, how that goes together and what happens if it doesn't go together. Part of our daily life is not only that we sin, but that others sin against us. And so, how do we deal with that? Maybe you think Peter's question is kind of, well, it's typical Peter, right? He just doesn't quite get it. But he's honest. You never felt like that? How long do I have to put up with this person? Now, if it's a digital contact, you can just ghost them, right? Be done with them. Because your patience is limited. Because you say, there are just people I don't need in my life. But what about those relations that are not digital? What if you can't simply ghost them? What, is, what, about, what if that person is your parent, your child, a member of the congregation, your fellow student? You can't limit your forgiveness to others while you receive daily forgiveness. You can't limit your mercy when you receive mercy daily and richly. It doesn't work like that. You're called to forgive those who sin against you, and not because they deserve it. Because it's not about what they deserve, as little as it is what you deserve. God forgives you daily and richly, not because you deserve it, but because you need it. Now, you're not forgiven because you forgive others. Your forgiveness is not the result of a good work. It is the result of Christ's work. Your forgiveness is undeserved and unearned. So why does Jesus add, as we forgive those who trespass against us? So that we know that when a person does not forgive, there is something seriously wrong with faith. So that we who pray this prayer do not become complacent with ourselves, basking in God's love, 
but turning a hard heart to our neighbor. Now, to forgive does not mean that you have to take any and every abuse, of course. Maybe there is a time to ghost somebody. But we all know what happens if somebody cannot forgive, if somebody is caught up in the past, if, if he's caught up in a hatred, however justified that may seem. It has to be dissolved. Forgive as you are forgiven. And then there's a third point in our daily life, the daily struggle of the Christian. Yes, indeed, the Christian sins daily. Now, that does not simply mean that he gives up, that he says, well, I sin daily, so, well, it's just life. No, the Christian does not surrender to sin. The Christians, we Christians pray that God will guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, uh, despair, and other great shame and vice. So you are under attack, not just from the outside, for the evil desire is still in you, tempting, raging, seducing you to false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice. What do you do? You fight. You are called to fight. You are called to be on guard. You are called to not surrender, not simply give up, never to think that this battle is over. So we call on God in our daily struggle that he would guard and keep us. Of course we remember with might of ours cannot be done soon where our loss effected. But for us by the valiant one whom God himself elected. That is the daily routine of the Christian, thanking God for the gifts by which he sustains our earthly life, receiving forgiveness for our daily sins, and forgiving daily those who sin against us, fighting daily against the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. Well, that sounds like any other daily grind, doesn't it? It can get wearisome. It can even be a daily grind where you start doubting why things cannot be easier. Shouldn't the, life, the Christian life be a little bit better than that? More walking from triumph to triumph than repenting, forgiving others, fighting, fighting sin. Well, that is the daily fight in which God has put us. God has given you this prayer as a promise that he will be with you in your struggles, ready to sustain you when you call upon him. And when we finally ask but deliver us from evil, in that we also have the promise that this daily grind will not last forever, but that after this valley of sorrow, God has prepared a life for us where we are free from all evil in us and also free from the evil that attacks us from the outside and tempts us. So we know this daily grind, this struggle, is not forever. 
We can see the light at the end, so to speak. So thank him. Be forgiven. Forgive the evil. Forgive others. Fight the evil in and outside of you till God will call you out of this struggle. Amen. testing for heart dysrhythmia. We also remember the families of the victims of the school shooting in Nashville yesterday. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. 
the gift of divine peace and of pardon, and with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Christian Church here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Amanda, that the Lord might strengthen and support in this physical trial and bring her to health and peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the families of those who died in the school shooting, that Jesus, the resurrection and the life, might be their comfort and strength in grief and pain, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Almighty God, grant that in the midst of our failures and weaknesses, we may be restored through the passion and intercession of your only begotten Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord. You have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and take them to heart, that, by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, our dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would give me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my dreams in my life may be to you. According to your advancement and myself, my body and soul and all things, let your holy angel be with me, and the evil foe may have. Bless the Lord. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us.